brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another outstanding, amazing, incredible sud segment. I think that was one adjective too many. I think that was like four. (laughs) You left out tremendous. Tremendous. Thank you. Stupendous. Thank you, Reverend Mark. Monumentous. Hi. Hi. Hey there. You ready to mm. drink, belch, and repeat? Ready to. Sure. In a Belgian-y kind of way. Yeah. With oh, don't give it away. No, I'm not giving anything away. So, I am your hostess, good old gal Juliana. With me today at the table is the OG crew. Old. No, no sound effects? It's like a creaking, you know, board of some kind. I don't know, like something, really? Um, um you got <laughs> you got crickets. <laughs> there you go. That is the bright sound effect for us. That is correct. <laughs> so, with me today at the table is good old boy Dave, Mr. Sound Effect. Sound so effect. that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Just not duty. <laughs> wow. Doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> One white Russian, table six. Yes, yes. correct. Yeah. Right. It's because the rug ties the room together. That's the reason why it works for you, Dave. There you go. That's yeah. it. That's it. Reverend Mark. It's so good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So good to be anywhere. Sounds like he was straining. I know. I know. Oh, it's good to be here and now. Uh, Here and now. Here and now. And El Jefe. So the thing is, is that since Canadians have been, you know, unlawfully protesting the fact that I continue to do this show. I like the fact that we're on band once again, a large number of Canadian radio stations now. So I like that. It's like the ultimate sarcastic. Yeah, right. (laughs) Correct. It's in your face, Canada. You take what we give you. Please get a national sport that you're good at. (laughs) Really? Yeah, really. Really? Dressing in denim. I mean, I didn't say those people in Chicago should get a real sport. I said the people well, in Canada should. People in Chicago they should get a real life. They invented the real sport. <sighs> well, yeah, and then everybody else got well, better we at own it. it. <laughs> Called Murica. 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 Right. Mm, I beg to differ. Really? I beg to differ. Yeah, how many years has the Stanley Cup been won by the Canadian uh, NHL teams? Like three. <laughs> No, more so than three. What, what sport was that again? Was it curling? 
Yeah, there we go. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Pairs, figure skating. Okay, you're both banned. You're all banned. Like, uh, milking cows or, you know. Let me go get you my hockey stick, okay? Okay. (laughs) Let me me just get the hockey stick. Okay. Reeling it back in. So, we do different kinds of suds segments and brewery takeovers mostly poor and style shows and blind tastings and price point shows and questionable decision shows and things like that that's for sure aren't they all questionable decisions well with who i work with yeah part of our creative process (laughs) that looks that sounds kind of questionable we're in let's let dave pick a show (laughs) yeah well that dave's a real dork (laughs) Wait, I'm Dave. Never mind. <laughs> I'm great. But sometimes when we're out beer shopping, we just find a really cool like mix six pack or multi pack. And we have to get the good old boys over here to talk about it. So the good old boys are here. We got the oldest of mm. the good old boys. Yeah. So recently, good old boy Dave and I picked up a set of belgian specialty ales from petrus one of the brands brewed by d de brabant brabant brewery in bravikov bravikov belgium baba ganoush please forgive me we'll find out more about them in just a minute but first the sud segment is brought to you by are you lonely Have you tried meeting people who interest you, but you just can't find any? Have all the dating apps let you down? Maybe you need Imaginary Friend. It's the new social app that lets you avoid real relationships. No chance of being disappointed because it's all in your head. That's Imaginary Friend. Available for download absolutely nowhere. A few years ago, at the Beer Now conference... Good old boy Dave, good old boy Kendall, and I took a part in a blending demonstration with one of the master brewers. Eve. Eve Benoit. 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 They actually made a sour power pack that contains bottles of their aged pale, aged red, and oud brune that you can blend yourself. Well, they also call it the rude brune now. Oh, really? They do. Okay. It's on their website. Okay. I will look it up right here in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a lot of fun, and the beers were delicious, and you were able to just, you know, experiment. It was like being a master blender. Except we weren't very good at it. Um, But Petrus makes a lot <laughs> of beers. But Petrus makes a lot of beers, and we've got... Six that we are really excited about. As soon as Dave finds his That's piece of paper. right. Yeah. As Who soon as we this? focus. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Who wrote this? I was so enraptured by what you were saying. <laughs> the timing is just so stellar. Impeccable. Way it's to impeccable. go. Get ready to number right. one again, Dave. <laughs> hey, little boy Dave, you want to talk about today's flight? Not really, because you guys are jerks. <laughs> yep. I got 1750 is going to screw up one of these. The Petrus Belgian Specialty <laughs> Ales we'll be tasting and discussing today are the Oud Brune, mm, also known bad. as Pretty the good. also known as the Rude Brune, uh, the Golden Triple, 
the double brune, the uh, special, <laughs> the blonde, and the aged red. Is that Modelo? <laughs> yep. So we are laughing because Dave had so many typos in that list. First off, how he typed golden G O U D E. Okay, look at the how bottle. Could, how could look you look at the bottle, Jack Wagon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look I, at it. Gooden. It's like Gooden yeah. Dank, which so. is Dutch for golden. So bite me. All right. So okay, right. what's the next one? Uh, special. Yeah? What's this set on the bottle? What's this uh, on the bottle? Let's see here. Let's see around here. I-A-L-E. Yep. So, yeah, okay. that one was not even close. So, oh, yeah. Pff, whatever, dude. Yeah. Save yourself. Spikel is how he spelled it. All yeah. That's right. C before E. Right. Except after D. Or if you're I'm in sorry. Canada and then you just say, <laughs> screw it. You know what? You're all number one. <laughs> oh. That's what we're Why is everybody picking on me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thank you. A terrible co-host. Thank really? you. You're tremendous. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that's what. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah, Reverend Mark, <laughs> would you mind giving us the ratings for this Suds episode? And read them like a disgruntled yeah, Belgian. And can, and can we really score this? Score them this low? Is there a minus <laughs> zero category here? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. These such ratings are as follows. We will be discussing and fussing about these rating, <laughs> these ratings, <laughs> and Talking the beers the that mic. go with the ratings. And along with the ratings go our signature belching and other artificial sounds. <laughs> Here they are. Number one. Man, that sucks. Give me anything but a bud or a mic. Ooh, ooh. Okay, number two. Was that a belch? Or a mic? (laughs) Number three. Ah, what a relief. It's not Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. You know, a body really shouldn't make that kind of sound. Except Mike. (laughs) And number five. Hey, man, listen to that hang time. Give me another. Thing that's not Mike. Thank you, Reverend Mark. You were And great. for those just tuning in, yes. this is uh, Mean Boys, take one. <laughs> Dave versus Mike, <laughs> episode 3000. Oh, boy. All right, let's get to the beers. I have a weapon, though, see? So he gave me the screwdriver (laughs) earlier, so, you know, I can stab him with a flat blade. Considering this beer flight, I wish I had a screwdriver right right now. I'm feeling screwed. Okay, okay. Come on, ladies, ladies. Okay, so we have got six beers here. Um, Is that true? Yep, that that is, yeah, that is Is true. Is that using Canadian math? Belgian math. Belgian math. Belgian math, okay, right? right? Belgian beers, Belgian mm. math. How many yeah. frites would we have if we... I think with today's flight, there would be many frites. Mm. Many frites. And some mussels. Some mussels, sure. sure. What else would go with these beers today? Yeah, I'll order mm. another beer. I think that's probably what would go with this yeah, flight Yeah, a best. different beer. Yeah. I think be. a little Gargonzola would go with some of this. Ooh. 
So we wouldn't. Because Mike's jokes are so cheesy. And I know that Dave would misspell Gargonzola. <laughs> wow. We're going to be back with the beer in just a minute. Mike gave himself a standing ovation. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. So for those of you just tuning in, hi. Welcome. What took you so long? I like the people that are come still back here? of their own free will, you know? All eight and a half of those people <laughs> said, sure, eight and I'll half. listen to the rest. Yeah. Okay. Well, I promise it's going to get better because now we're going to get into the beer. Those yeah. are the same people that cut their own arms. like. <laughs> <laughs> so we are doing a mixed pack takeover from Petrus. Which I think we should talk really quick about mix packs. They can be a great thing. Like if you want to get to know a brewery, you want to understand like some of their beers without buying, you know, a bunch of six packs of different beers, buy a mix pack. That way you get get to taste it. Yeah. But with like anything else, you might run into something that is set in a store for Many, many years or months or not been stored appropriately or different things. Yes, yeah. a mix pack runs that risk because not everybody wants to buy six different beers in one package. So, yeah, it sits around a lot longer. Which is weird to me because, like, I'm more about trying a lot of different beers. But some people, they know, like... I like this one beer from a brewery, so I'm going to just keep buying it over and over right. and over. Whereas, like, I would probably want to try several different ones. So, part of what I like about uh, this discussion we're having today is uh, talking a little bit about, you know, the beer distribution uh, process that, you know, a lot of people may not be aware of. And how this has some direct correlation, you know, in the quality, you know, of the beers that you have as well. So, you may not know that, um, you know, these beers actually moved from Belgium to the U.S. through an importer, and then that gets handoff to usually a regional distribution point, and then that moves down into the state retail. or the local, yeah. you know, retailers, you know, from that point. So, about four or five handoffs, not unusual. And one, th one of the things that's very true with most beers is they move around at ambient temperature. They're not in a temperature controlled uh, right. environment. Um, that does happen. Um, and there are some beers uh, where, you know, things are stored and made and transported around, you know, at temperature, but the vast majority of the beer moves around even at, you know, just uh, ambient temperature for whatever distribution point that it's moving around. The other thing that we were talking about is just the labeling itself, you know, and one of the conversations that we'll talk about today is how long was that sitting on the shelf? Mm -hmm. And uh, the difference, at least in the U.S. market, is that uh, beers are not, uh, don't have an expiration date on them. Now, a lot of them don't even have a born on date. Uh, on them um, the regulating authority for doing that is actually the TTB which is about collecting tax from alcohol and not yeah. necessarily overseeing the quality uh, matching up with the beer so, which is crazy that yeah. it's not the FDA or 
you know, so whatever. literally in the U.S., you could have you know a beer that's labeled as a red ale and drop a blonde in it, a blonde ale, and as long as it was at the same ABV. So if you got the label approved and it was eight percent ABV, and you said you know that was it. If it says blonde and you dropped a red ale in there and it was still at eight percent, boom, you're good to go. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's crazy, man, because um, I mean. Beer is not like other alcohol, right? It's it's way more perishable than um, a lot of things that get a expiration date. Yeah, that's that's actually managed by the FDA in the U.S. market. So that's that's part of uh, what you're going to hear come into our conversation is is some net effect that all of this distribution. And regulation, and then you as a beer consumer specifically, you know, how it's kind of impacting your experience. So um, let's rip in to talk about the Oud Burn. Let's do it. Okay. So the first beer up for bids is the Petrus Oud Burn. Up for bid. (laughs) I bid minus five. (laughs) It's a blend of 33% Petrus aged pale, pure barrel aged beer that has been aged for two years in oak, and then 67% of a young brown beer. In this blend, the young dark contributes the reddish-brown color, and the aged pale contributes the slightly sour flavor. Petrus Rubrun is a typical Flemish red ale, as tradition dictates. I So, a lot yeah. of Oud Bruns I've had are like jaw clinchers, right? Yes. Like, they're very acidic, um, and as they get older, they can kind of become more figgy and raisin yeah you know this one's really kind of just kind of a watery yep yep little weird version of it but i would i would say also that obruins are a a little less sour and puckering than like an eastland uh, you know like a like a flanders like an east flanders sure that is there is a little bit more malt there too and which is implied by the brown that is that it's blended with supposedly but i go you know with Dave and Mike both is that I think it's it's just thin. It's just this particular one is way way too the brown ale part of it is just not there. Yeah, yeah. This is really falling off uh, the cliff, um, and the only thing that's left is kind of this citrus sour, you know, kind of overtone, you know, to this. And uh, we've tasted this beer, you know, in a lot of other instances, and this beer is maybe a third of what, you know, I would even describe it as. And, you know, part of what you'll hear is speculate is how long did that mix uh, mix pack, you know, sit on the shelf? You know, I'm going to yeah. lead in and say it probably sat there a good 10 years, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to even say. I Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, to us, it's only been a few months old, but in the grand scheme of things, sure. It yeah, could have it could yeah. have been for a while, and a lot of that comes down to individual retailers and their distributors. On do they care about because you know, like once something's been ordered and paid it's been for, shipped, and everything, and invoiced, like, I'm, I'm going to sell this damn thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And if some dude from Nashville is dumb enough to come in here and buy this thing and you know check it out, knowing that Petrus is a great brand, you know, I think that's the thing too. Is like. We all know that Petrus makes phenomenal beers, but when they're mistreated or something, maybe they're they can't hold up. Or what can you expect of a beer to do to hold up? 
over however many just, years or and 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 just the logistics that's that's implied by bringing products all the way over from belgium and not moving them quickly because that's a lot of that's a lot of miles and a lot of movement yeah right. i i would go to so far to say this mix six pack was a failure in merchandising so yeah this is just you know as dave was kind of moving down through that point of uh uh, thought process and discussion is the distributor sold it, you know, the retailer bought it, they stuck it on a shelf. As far as they're concerned, their job was done. Yeah. And at least in this particular market where this was purchased, you know, beer and liquor and is sold, you know, in the same, you know, side by side. And then that changes in different markets, you know, and some, some beers like this are sold in a, in a grocery store setting where, you know, that, aspect of merchandising is actually a responsibility of the distributor you know and they want to look at you know having you know fresh or you know um products that will actually move and sell that moves back on the responsibility of the distributor not of the retailer so sure i really think this is uh our i think as you hear us walk through this discussion of this mixed six-pack I think this is a flat-out failure of effective merchandising. They just simply didn't recognize they had a spent product on the shelf. And then I got a weird question for you. So back in the day when Petrus started distributing here to the United States, there weren't as many breweries here in the United Ex- States exactly. as That's there are true, now. Yeah. So That's when right. they were sitting on the shelf, they were probably moving a lot faster yes. because when I, many thousands of years ago, started drinking beer... I remember being really jazzed about this because hey, it was fancy because it was coming from overseas and it wasn't Rolling Rock. And I had a fair share of this just based on, hey, I'm doing something that's culturally great for me and my belly. But there weren't any other options. Now there are a lot of local options that are very similar that want to take this approach. And then also now in this current environment that we're in, where distribution is being lax because it's sitting at the docks longer because it's waiting for certain regulations, which I mean, are all changing. I'm just wondering if six packs are even going to go away, you know, in favor of like singles because the singles will move faster than, you know, six packs. Yeah. Any well, thoughts? We've, we've seen that too, even with like bombers going away. You know, like the the bigger, very true. Um, the bigger uh, size containers are being replaced by you know like five hundred mils or three seventy fives, um, partly because the the breweries you know can can package them a little better. But also, a lot of beers people aren't buying the bigger formats just because they want to drink a beer now. They just want to drink it and, and be done with it. It's not necessarily, I'm going to take it to a party and share it with five or six people. I'm just going to drink this thing. And I'd say it also represents, uh, you know, not just the coming of age. They've come of age, but uh, they're maturing and liking really good beer is the millennia- millennials. And and that there is a, there is just a desire environmentally for smaller packaging. Yeah. You know, and so, and not investing in a big bomber. And so that's what well, I think cans too. Yeah, you know, exactly. I think more more and more things are going to be in cans because you don't have the things getting light struck. You know, there's a little less oxidation going on, mm. so you can and and it's a little more compact, and you can take it places that you can't take glass. That's a good move to our next beer. Yeah, when you talk True. about light blighted. Well, <laughs> so 
The Udbrun from Petrus re-rated a three. So even as damaged as it was, we still recognize that it was a pretty good beer. Sure. Although a very fresh version of this would be outstanding. A lot better. Outstanding. Yeah. Freaking phenomenal. Moving on, let's talk about the Gudin Triple. Uh, top fermented blonde beer, re-fermented in the bottle, brewed with pure spring water and carefully selected hops and malts. The ultimate proof of the master brewer's craftsmanship. 7.5% ABV. <laughs> it's malty. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I thought uh, part of it was I wrote down clean, um, good, not great. Um, it's just oxidized this is just horrible um you can tell you know that this this beer is long gone yeah i picked that up too um it's this, expired and it gone, gone to see its makeup that's a very good way of putting it yes i'd also say that you know it 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 hit all the right notes if you like a particular kind of triple but for me, what distinguishes a triple from like a strong golden is that it's less sweet. And so this one is leaning more toward sweet. Yeah. More toward uh, super sweet. Yeah. Golden. Yeah. And a golden that's been slightly oxidized. So it's not my kind of triple. It still, I think, obviously qualifies and it's not bad, but it's just to me not great. And it's in an amber glass bottle. So if it's oxidized, that means it's been sitting there. For a while. Do you you think that if they used an English rendition of describing golden instead of Dutch, that it would make a difference? (laughs) Hmm. Well, even to catch that earlier, the Dutch version is G O U D E N instead of G O L D E N. Dutch. So, would would it have made a big difference? (laughs) Maybe, you know, that put the L instead of the U. Yeah, I think it made a big difference. I think so. Kind of like can art. And also, um, Reverend Mark, isn't it true you're in a traditional triple? You should be getting a lot more aromatics, too. I think so. I mean, totally. I like I like slightly dry and spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with some air, and you use aromatic malt in a triple, whereas you wouldn't so much in a golden. So I, I'm not getting aromatics there either. Yeah. It's like everything has fallen off. Yeah. in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. You said aromatics, so that made aromatics, me think of that. Yes. Well, one of the things I yeah. think it's interesting, <laughs> I, I remember, you know, buying actually the the Petrus, you know, triple alongside um, Karma Lee at the same time. And, um, you know, those are just a lot of reference standard, you know, uh, triple ales, that and Reverend Marks. Mm. <laughs> um, and, you know, so I really know... Uh, what this can be and what it tasted like. And uh, probably if I went back through our back catalog, we probably had this and, you know, we've rated it on the show previously. And it again, this is just one of these things. It's like, wow, this sat, you know, in a, in a warehouse, you know, for eight months and, you know, it got cooked at 120 degrees and yeah. then it moved to being set, you know, and there, this cannot be light blighted because actually, this mixed six pack was actually in a cardboard, sealed in a cardboard. You know, on top and, of that, and so. here's the thing too, Mike is like it reminds me like when we did the Saint Bernardus. Yeah, episode, there you go. And and some of that beer had had sat in a store for months or years 
beyond when it when it should have and they just let it sit and like an unsuspecting numbskull like me comes by and buys it just looking at the brand and not thinking about checking for dates which you don't always see and there was no date on this pack right so there's no way to know but at the same you know but i think that's what's happening with belgian beers in general is because people aren't buying them as much you know kind of to juliana's earlier point there weren't as many breweries before but now there's a lot of american breweries that are brewing pretty good belgian style beers and people don't care as much about i want to buy an authentic chimay or a saint bernardus or whatever i just want to buy this triple or you know whatever and and you know whatever i know is fresh right yeah and you think about it i mean aside from the the ingredients themselves which you can all source now locally from belgium and wherever else yeah is um you know the water you know uh and that is Where's the water sourced? Pierre Sellis, many years ago, you know, came from Belgium, established Sellis Brewery in Austin, Texas. And he said it was because the water was just like Brussels. And he said, so why not do it in Austin and distribute it close by than to Where bring the it in? Where the market sure. is. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think it's because, you know, there is more really, really good, authentically made Belgian beer just Locally. domestically, yeah. you don't need to Which buy. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's yeah. crazy to say, <laughs> but it really, it really is true. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And so it's nothing against Petrus as much as it just has to spend a lot of time getting to us, and it's not worth it when it gets here, where it would have been worth it had we been there. Or I think that if they at least <laughs> where it <yeah>. came from. <laughs> Yes, you know, or the the point is, is that if you took uh, the same measure and care, you know, with this perishable product, right, right, um, to move it from point A to point B, even if you weren't moving it at temperature, even if you moved it quickly, yeah, you know, I think that you would uh, still be able to have shelf life that I think honored the quality of the beer as it left, you know, the brewery. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Because I think. I mean, as a home brewer, I want to have reference standards. And Petrus, you know, is a reference standard in terms mm-hmm. of like a traditional Belgian beer. I guess if there was a way where we didn't have so many that were on the shelves and that we knew that the turnover rate was, you know, better on it, as a home brewer, I would like to have this reference standard. So when I can compare it, you know, in terms of style guidelines, then. I have this to base, you know, what I'm going to do with my recipe. Yeah, yeah it is a tweak. bench. It is a bench. You know, yeah. um, there's a fine line there. Well, or Mike's just going to have to take us all to Belgium. <laughs> well, I'm Man. all right with that. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just, you know what? I think that'll just after we've insulted their beer Let's, on this episode, yeah. I'm sure they've just rolled out the red carpet and once again, <laughs> so. they'll be waiting for us. Well, we will continue in just a brief minute. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> So today's episode is really interesting. It's talking about Petrus beer from Belgium, and we grabbed a, a six pack, and we're now discussing those beers. So it's not, it's kind of a brewery takeover, kind of. It's a mixed six takeover. Mixed six takeover. So the last beer that we have been um, talking about is the Guden Triple. Triple. And we rated that one a three, just to make sure that we're catching up on that. And now we're going to move to the Duval. 
Um, Dubal. The Dubal. Yes. Double brown ale, top fermented dark beer, brewed with pure spring water and carefully selected hops and malts. The dark beer with its subtle and slightly caramelized flavor is preferably served cold. Mm -hmm. It is dark. It is dark. This one is okay to me. It's it's got it's, it's definitely I definitely get caramel yeah kind of a cola flavor that's but that's what I dinged it on I mean for me I don't like a caramel aspect to a double I I know like you have caramunic in there maybe a little bit you want the the, the spicier parts yeah, there yeah it yeah. just it's just kind of it fell off there was a little bit it's kind of on the left. you know uh, kind of uh, it made it just the sweetness made it just a little like a Pepsi yeah. Yeah. I was going to say this That's is practically really just sugar water, yeah. you know, at this point. And, um, you know, it's basically a Tootsie Roll flavored sugar water. Um, yeah. It takes all the things that make a great double or double or whatever and kind of pushes those to the side and just leaves you with the base. Yeah. yeah. And this uh, this is one of the, actually all these, you know, so far the, the beers, they have really fallen off. Um, as they have sat here in the glass for, you know, probably 30 minutes. So um, I'm really finding us being rather generous with our ratings. So are we telling people ratings. to just not buy imported beer? No, I don't think that's the storyline, you know, here. That thing is, no, is that no. I think you have to challenge and look at the retailer and the packaging to be able to give you an informed decision specifically about, yeah. you know, what you're doing. Are there beers that are imported that do have born on dates? Yes, there are. Um, are there beers that have vintage declarations when you purchase them? Yes, there are. But when you're running into a product that you're not really quite sure, ask the retailer, you know? Well, and if you buy something and it sucks, call them out on right. it too. So that was kind of my question, Dave. You know, I mean, uh, would you have taken this back if we weren't talking about it on the show? To oh, the retailer. I, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, and and actually when we did the St. Bernardus thing, I I posted an Instagram and called the retailer out on a really old four pack or whatever it was of one of their beers and went and they pulled the all the rest of it off the shelf. You yeah. know, so they do listen. They do watch, you know. They're going to they're going to do what they're going to do until somebody says, "Hey, yeah, hey man." Yeah, and you're, whose you're, responsibility is that? I mean, would distributors they stock the stores, would they want to rotate stock? No, they no. don't stock well, so in this particular case, it's a package store, so they do not merchandise usually in package stores. They just mm-hmm. drop it and go. They they walk in with a hand truck and they drop it off and the retailer is the one that, you know, basically merchandises you know from that point but the retailer needs to be the ones who either do what they have to do to get it off the shelf in a timely fashion or go back to their distributor and say no you need to come get this or we got to figure something out yeah so i think Mm -hmm. part of it comes down to an experiential you know element of you know with that retailer are they used to managing and merchandising products that are perishable um, and with, you know, other products like spirits and whiskeys and vodka and gin, you know, right alongside this, let's the stuff sit on the shelf for, you know, a thousand years and it's going to be the same, you know, 
this this you know beer has definitely this is a, a lot life, different. You know? Sure, yeah. Yeah. So sure. To treat every bottle the same in your store is you know just a revenue stream and say I don't have any merchandising you know approach you know to some of those things any different. When I think with yeah. a lot of beer too, especially like macro beers, when they drop it off in the retailer, they stick it back in the cooler. And everything stays cold for a long, long time. So they feel like that's going to be better. But when you have like craft beer stores and stuff, a lot of things are out where it's at room temperature and it's sitting under the lights. Like I've gone into into beer stores and you see like things in green bottles, which if you don't know, green bottles. um, Skunk beer. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really fast. doesn't filter out the, it's basically the, the UV. It's yeah. basically the same as clear bottles, but they'll be sitting out on shelves, like right by the window. Yep. And stuff. And it's like, dude, you're you're killing right. this beer. And one more quick thing to note is if you're going to a, a, a package store and you see that they have like a sale section, I'm going to take more credence in a package store that does that because they realize that there right. are expiration dates right. on beers. Let's get this out of here. Yeah, exactly. And I'd exactly. say also just think about yourself in relation to your favorite package store or stores after the holidays, let's say two and three and four months after the holidays. And there's still certain kinds of seasonal beer that's left. Yeah. You don't buy it typically. No, Why? Because don't. it's April. If you see right. an Oktoberfest <laughs> beer on the shelf in March, you know, just pass let's, it let's on. think about yeah, that. Just, just but you can't know it. that about these products as right. easily. This that, is that's a little tougher. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is a little tougher. Well, the Double we rated a three. <laughs> So imagine how good these beers would be if they were I know, fresh. if they were. Okay, so let's move on to the Petra Special. It's an Special. amber. It's a, don't go Mexican on me there. It's an amber oh, colored was, top fermented beer. That was rude. Brewed according to an old traditional <laughs> recipe. It's tasty. It's underway, mellow. Underway. And it can, that you can carry on drinking. That's good vernacular yep. there. Well, when you when you drink, you start to carry on. Oh, right. carry sure. on. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> burnt caramel. Um, you know, that's all I got really out of this. This is one of the ones where I really noticed the poo. Ooh, poo. So you gave me a clean one, yeah. so I, did, I didn't. So we haven't talked about all the uh, floaties that's in this as well. I made it an was effort to chunky. Give, I made an effort to give Mike and Mark the least poo. So, <laughs> so if you don't know uh as beer uh is bottle condition yeast can clump together and basically settle you know in the bottom same way that happens in a fermentation tank yep um and you you're pulling that off usually or filtering it out is more the case usually as it's being bottled but you know, something sits there for long enough, it's going to clump up and settle once again. So, well, yeah. And even even when beer is bottle conditioned, it doesn't always leave a one inch layer of poop in the bottom yeah. of the bottle. That's that's true. And I think it, it has to, to do with how much secondary fermentation went on. Yeah. It also is like beers are not always... Uh, very well. I mean, they're not filtered, and so there there could be trube in there too. You know, proteins. Yep. So there's it's, it's a number of things, and and that's the risk you take with bottle conditioned beers. And uh, which yeah. not which usually is not a it's it's a good thing, but 
you decant off, you know, like 80% of the bottle and it's pretty clear. You leave that last little bit. And potentially if you're a homebrewer or something, you take what's in the bottom, you propagate it up and you brew a clone. I don't think there'd be any. No, there's no, there's nothing. These these are all dead. This is just duty. Yeah. I don't think there's anything viable in here. So the Petra special, we rated a three though. Mine was like four fingers full of poo. (laughs) Um, You won the prize. See, Mine mine was really clean. I think I might've gotten the first pour. So So it's very sweet. It's a very mm. sweet beer. Mm. Yeah. The Blonde. Okay, let's go to the Blonde. This it, is the darkest blonde beer I've ever seen in my life. It's mm. a refreshing blonde beer that leaves your taste buds craving for more. Ned. It is brewed from the finest aromatic hops, which gives it a refreshing and enjoyable taste. I've got like half of those hops in my glass. I can glass. smell something, but you don't want to know what it is. <laughs> so. Yeah, this one has a decent amount of poo in it as oh, well. I'm chewing it. I, th- yeah, this was just uh, horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, if there is such a thing as an aged blonde, then this was coming close to it. The one redeeming quality of clear bottles is like if this bottle was clear, we would have been able to see like t- a good solid probably two inches of uh, doo-doo. Whew. It 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 was just not even remotely close to you know uh, being. It was just sweet on the nose with a sweet finish and uh, just another rendition of this is a half step of above you know like cola water. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> and this was high on the oxidation scale for me too. I didn't even get that far. Mm-hmm. Dude, I mean, I, honestly, between the chewiness and, uh, you know, sucking the crap out between my teeth that came from the bottom of the glass, I don't know. So, mm. okay, so it's this safe to tough. say that this one wasn't perfect, but in a perfect world, a Belgian blonde is a really good beer. It is. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, we've had the Petrus blonde uh, several times over. This. This is a great beer. So when I know, sip just this, not just in this six pack, just barely tip the glass and just get liquid in, it's still pretty tasty. Yeah. It's like sweet cereal malt. Um, it's got a nice body to it. The um, there's a little bit of sugary sweetness to it, of course. It's it's definitely got some good characteristics. Well, and I it. I took my notes when it was first cracked and it was still cool, yeah, fairly cold, and I thought, hmm. Kind of almost a quaffing beer, but I wouldn't quaff ah. this stuff as it as it has aged or yeah. as it as it has warmed up. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's way too sweet, and it's not just the malt. All right, I'm gonna do it. Whoa! Oh. Okay, that was gross. <laughs> oh, I drank it with all the poo. You're gonna and feel that later. Yeah, girl. Okay, <laughs> just <laughs> glad this is not a video show. That's all it's just saying. Okay. You can go throw up on your garden and be good fertilizer. Okay. Thank you. That was a questionable that decision. That was awesome. Okay. <laughs> that was a questionable decision. So the Petrus Blonde 
We rated a two. Oh, yeah, that's still being very A generous. number two. Yeah. All right, so I have a question to throw out to you guys. Have you ever sent a beer back, either in a restaurant or bar setting, or have you oh, ever yeah. taken one back to a retailer? And, yes. And what was the, do you remember what was wrong with it and why? I Well, I've, I've had was, a few. like in Well, not a few, but I've actually gotten the wrong beer. Well, that happens a lot. Yeah. You know, like you tell the server, hey, I want the, this hazy IPA, and they right. bring you this super clear thing, and it tastes just like Bud Light. Yeah. And you go, yeah, mm, no. This looks like a stout. I'm pretty sure it's not a hazy IPA. <laughs> yeah. Or um, or you can tell the beer lines were dirty. You know, the, That's probably you know, the one thing I've done quite a bit, is I can tell that they haven't cleaned the beer lines out in forever, and they've run stouts and sour beers and, you know, all kinds of IPA through there and it tastes like a muddled mess and yeah. I've even had where, you know, you can tell the end of the keg blue and there's stuff in there. Yeah. And you're like, dude, did you not see this on the way? You know, you As you were who, pouring it, yeah. Right, or whoever yeah. was pouring it and then you brought it out here and you think I'm not gonna call you on the half inch of stuff mm. floating around here. So you're saying it's okay to send something back if something is wrong. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it should be. And and right? you should be able to take it back to the beer store. I mean, wrong. there are a lot of people that I, you know, that I eat with and they're like, Oh, you only do that if it's wine and if it's spent. And I go, Well, no. 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 <laughs> no. Well, I and, mean yeah. I've had two instances. One where a bottle was brought to me right? And they cracked it open and there was no effervescence. I'm like, mm, no, back. This yeah. beer's not supposed you know, to be still. And I, right, exactly. I mean, or it, no CO2, I'm done. No, and it turns out that it was skunked because the person said to me, well, do you sure you, you want to, you know, I'm sure it's great. I'm like, no, let me smell it. And it smelled like skunk. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> then I had another where the bottle was brought to me and it had dust on it yeah mm. they didn't even wipe off the dust and it wasn't a cellar beer <laughs> no it wasn't a cellar beer and <laughs> not good no as a matter of fact it was it was a stout but it was supposed to be like a nitrous stout no oh. and i said no and you know they looked at me like i had three heads but i'm like no well, and a lot of people are you know people don't want to be confrontational you know but the thing is, if you're going to be paying for something, and usually paying quite a bit, it better be yeah. what you expect it to be. Yeah, and it, and it's not un unusual in these days to ask for sample pours if it's in a tap tap situation. Yeah, for that reason. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the last one here, Quickly. which is the aged red. So it's a perfect balance between sweet and sour. It is a 15% 15, 15 age pale with an 85% dubel infused with natural cherries. I love this beer. As opposed to unnatural cherries. He I liked like it because it had cherries in it. That's why I liked I like it. it. I like cherries, baby. Other than that, it was a crappy beer. Cough syrup? Yeah. Anyone? Robitussin. No. Well, what did we rate this beer that I love so much. We rated this a three, though in a perfect universe, this beer, I mean, oh, it could have is been a five. really good beer. Yeah, oh, yeah, it can be a five. Yeah. So the moral of the story for today is... Check your dates. 
Check your dates. Check for dust. Don't be afraid to take it back. And don't be afraid to take it back. Kick somebody right in the... Exactly. You know, if you're going to a place that is a reputable beer package store or beer-based restaurant, they should know better. Mm, There you go. That's the moral of the story. Well, that's going to end it for today. Thank you so much for joining us and hanging out with us. You can always find us where you found this episode, as well as radio, satellite, online at Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, BeanPod. Podbean. Podbean. Bean. And nearly any place you listen to a Bean podcast. Pod. The easiest way to find this show on your phone is to ask Alexa, Siri, or Google, either in female or male verses, play podcast, Sip, Suds, and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram every day. Our handle is at SipSudSmokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. And please take the time to rate this episode if you're listening online. Five stars. Good old boy Dave, you know what time it is. Time to get ill, son. Okay. Is that your way of saying goodbye? Oh, uh, goodbye. Reverend Mark, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Good old boy, Mike. Hey, thanks for joining us here on Sip, Suds, and Smokes. Come back. Join us for another exciting episode. I will ask you to keep on sipping. Don't do it. This is good old gal, Juliana. Thank you so much for listening to us. And we love you and appreciate you. And keep on chuggling. Catch you next time. Stay safe. been a one tan hand production of sip suds and smokes a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life from the dude in the basement studios your host the good old boys will see you all next time